Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining me on Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get you off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best self, whether you're tuning in on the radio or listening in on our podcast, I appreciate uh, you tuning in today. And if you're podcasting us, I think it's important that you know that we are in Farmington, New Mexico, where we live and where we love and where we uh, enjoy the beautiful New Mexico sunshine and relatively peaceful, beautiful area that we live in. And uh, the Four Corners is an incredible area enriched with culture and diversity, and we love it here. And sadly, we have been on the national news, international news, even on the global stage for something that happened that um, is something we never imagined and frankly can't imagine even being possible. And, you know, I recorded and wrote this life note on April 1st, And I started to do a recording of what I was thinking, and I thought it was just a little bit too much on the negative side for the way this show generally is. And an interesting thing happened. It ended up deleting, and so we weren't able to to air it. But uh, I'm going to reread this life note because it, it rings so true today. I remember being a teenager in the late 90s. As a young man, I was interested in the news and world events and would take note of something I found both perplexing and sickening. You see, occasionally, I would read or hear of people oceans away from our country who would kill their own people in the streets, in businesses, through car bombs, shootings, etc. I simply couldn't fathom how anyone could do this in their own country, their own land, to their own people. In those moments, I would take heart and give thanks that I lived where I did, in the United States of America where we didn't have those types of problems or atrocities and where things of this nature just didn't seem even possible. Well, it was April when it was written. In 1999, that the horrific events at Columbine High School occurred. I remember it vividly because I was a senior in high school, excited for the big world that awaited after graduation. I remember the confusion and the complete sense of perplexity and unease, sadness, and horror that day. What I had heard on the news from time to time happening oceans away had moved inland to my neighboring state of Colorado, a town where relatives of ours had felt safe and secure for years. In moments such as these, it may be helpful to grasp onto what we can hold firm to. Faith comes to mind. Family. A few tried and true friends we may have. We hear conflicting voices. Some who proclaim that guns are the problem. Others exclaim that guns are not the problem. I am concerned that we as a nation and as communities and families have not taken the time or done the necessary work to determine what precisely the problem is. Without identifying the problem that brings us back to these types of things occurring again and again, how do we reduce the frequency? and severity. One may wonder, rather we really want to know what the problem is. 
Are we really ready to face the truth? Are we as a nation willing to identify what we have done and allowed and discontinued and disrespected to encourage the hate and division? Are we willing to address the mental health crisis we have where people needing help are often months away from getting appointments? We have increased guards and police presence at schools, and yet many budgets for counselors and mental health programs have decreased. What can we do as individuals in our small community to make a difference? First, we can remember that hate is something that first creeps in quietly and surreptitiously and then quietly consumes us and our families and associates, and it will spread if we don't take the antidote swiftly and frequently. If enough of us can prevent it from entering our minds and hearts, if we can accept the ways we may be part of the collective problem and try to create environments of peace and limit the wasteful hatred that tries to enter our lives from the media or gossipers. If we can do this, we can make a difference. May we both remember and promote the wisdom shared by the great Dr. King that returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. If we can find and choose the light, we can brighten the darkness of this world and find peace amongst turmoil, hope in spite of horror, and light the way for those around us who desperately need the light only we can help them see. When we feel powerless and things seem out of control, we must never forget the superpower we all have in our toolkit, the changing and healing superpower of love. Fortunately, love spreads much quicker than hate and is much more powerful. It's the antidote our anger and pride often tempt us to ignore, and yet it is the most effective way to heal what ails us. Ourselves, others, the world. Love where you can, friends, and do it often, because in the end, I believe that all news events will be far from our mind and our final thoughts will be either gratitude for how much we have loved or regret for any hate that follows us to the grave. I wrote that in April after there was a shooting somewhere. I don't even remember where it was anymore. You know, it was getting to where there's, there's so many of these things that uh, they just kind of meld into one. And uh, my thoughts were just going back to that day when one of my greatest fears was realized that what I thought was another country's problem, another region's, another culture's problem far away had come home to roost, had come home inland right here to our four corner states. And my gosh, since then, 23 plus years later, what has happened, what is happening is not just frightening not just alarming, but but heart-wrenching. You know, Melody Ivy is um, someone who's dear to our heart. And, and I think that all of these ladies were dear to many people's hearts. I grew up kind of in the Ivy home in some ways. I was friends with their kids. And 
have maintained friendships with one of their daughters since through middle school and high school and, and, and even today. And always felt a close tie to their family. She, she was a uh, beloved, beloved kindergarten teacher to so many children. And ours were fortunate to be beneficiaries of her love and her kindness and her understanding and her compassion and her gentleness. You know, it was, uh, there's certain people that you meet in life that are so distinguishable, that have something so noticeably different about them. And, and it's hard to even put your finger on exactly what it is, but because of the way that they're different and unique and, and special and apart from the world, they have this ability to make an impact on your life and the lives of others that, that other people who get lost in the rat race of life simply don't have. You know, I was speaking with someone about her who kind of kind of knows her, not as well as, as I did, as our family does, but just well enough to have been felt accepted by her as she didn't feel she was part of a certain group or crowd or, or like some others. And, and she said, you know, Melody met me and she said, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to meet you. I've, I've always wanted to meet you. I'm so glad to meet you and gave her this hug and just embraced her and made her feel so welcome and special. And that's what this amazing woman did for all those around her. She made people feel special and valued and she made every day magical because somehow she had not abandoned the wonder and the whimsy of childhood. You know, she kind of had a way of speaking almost like a little child at times. And I think that's why she related so well to children, why they related so well to her. For about three years in a row, we were able to go to the end of year field trip and we would meet at the park by the telephone building, you know, just right down the road from from where she, uh, where she moved on to the next phase of her existence. And we would gather there and it was such a joyous occasion. She'd have her, her, her little, uh, soap machine, you know, she had a gallon of water and there was soap on a rope for the kids to wash their hands. And they all had to wash their hands, even the adults before they could eat. And she'd have food prepared and, uh, she'd have it all set up in the little pavilion and those kids would play on the park. I would chase ours around and it was just a, beautiful, beautiful occasion where everyone felt loved, everyone felt accepted, and kids got to be kids. And the impact that this individual made on our community is immeasurable. It truly is because to love a child, to make a child feel loved and accepted and important and valued is the way that you change the world. It's, it's, the, it's the superpower that all of us have that oftentimes we don't recognize. You know, if you want to change the future, you change the present, you, you change the now. And by loving a child and instilling within them eternal value and joy and whimsy and wonder, you change the world for the better. Hundreds of lives that she's influenced and people now who have grown under her tutelage and her example and now have kids of their own. You know, it's interesting that uh, when she was traveling and in her last moments on that car, she was going to pick up her beloved grandchild and, and this, 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 she was his world. And so even, you know, in, in her, her last moments, she was serving. She was uh, taking her elderly mother out to be with her. And, and it's just so appropriate that in her ultimate moments that she was serving others and it is not at all surprising 
not at all surprising. Friends, it's hard not to be angry. It's hard not to be confused. When initial reports of of this event surfaced, there were so many ideas and things that were floating around of what happened and, and nobody knew. We saw helicopters just up the road from us. No one knew the gravity or exactly what was happening. And then when it became clearer, it was just utter shock and, and denial as of how could this possibly happen in our town? How could this possibly happen in our backyard? How could this possibly happen to such wonderfully kind and good and godly people? How is this possible? And, and I'll be honest, going through the grief process, there was a day where I was really angry about it. I, was, I try not to be an angry person, but I was mad. I was mad that day, and it's probably not a good day to be around me. This is the street that I grew up on. This is the street where I rode my bikes. This is a street where I, the Hatches paid me to come pay for the, play piano for their church in high school. You know, I would go to this church where it, it just was, how can this happen right here? How can this be right here? How could this have happened there? Felt so violated and infringed upon our community of peace. And I know that many of you have felt the same way. Many of you are going through the same heavy weight, the same cloud of confusion, and the same feeling that your world has been rocked and your sense of safety has been upended. You know, one of the reports that we heard was that this had happened at a local barbershop, Mesa Barbershop. It's just a gym of a barbershop where we live. There was the most amazing people. They still have this kind of old-fashioned barbershop culture where you go there to get the news and some people go there to get counseling. I mean, it's just, it's just a really great place. And when we heard that, our hearts were just sick because we know and we care about these people. They're in our community and I wanted to go the next day and just give them a giant hug and just tell them how happy I was that they were there, that they were still here in this world. And friends, why do we wait to do that? You know, why do we wait until we think that maybe something horrible has happened to go out and just stop by and tell someone, I am so happy you're alive. I am so glad you're doing okay. I am so glad you're doing well. You know what? I'm glad you got up today. I'm glad you're going to work. I'm glad you cut my hair. Whatever it is. Friends, don't wait. Don't wait because too late can happen in an instant. None of us know. None of us know the day nor the hour or the way or the how. But all we have is this magnificent gift of the present right before us where we are this very minute. This is the glorious gift that we have. This is the day the Lord has made. This is where we get to make a difference. And one of the remarkable things of one of these ladies, Melody, is that she did this so remarkably well. She would say how much she appreciated a person and she would praise them. And she would just tell them in a tenderest way, how grateful she was or how she appreciated their example. You know, I remember one day I'd picked up Jaron and I'd ran a little bit late. And so all the other kids were gone and we went out onto that street there and I believe it's Orchard. And and uh, we uh, were just on the side of the street there and it was a, uh, there was a water running down the gutter. 
And so uh, Jaren, our son, had uh, gotten these little sticks to float down. And uh, I have the picture and I treasure it because uh, this wonderful lady had uh, made her own little boat of leaves and she'd taken it and they raced them down the thing and they'd go up and they'd race them down the hill. You know, this gutter, this water would race their boats and she just captured this wonder with him and this whimsy. And, you know, then something that she told me, she said, Sheldon, you know, I really admire you. And I said, what? Why do you admire me? I mean, I admire you. You're you're like this epitome of grace and goodness and and mercy and wisdom and, and, and wonderfulness. And she said, well, you know, I really like the way you just take the moment and go and do things. You know, the way you take your family and you guys will just go out of town all of a sudden or you'll go on an adventure and you'll do these things. She says, I just really appreciate that about you. I really admire that. And whatever happens in life, don't quit doing that. Keep doing that because, you know, those are the things that make life great and those are the things you'll always remember. And... I'm so grateful for that beautiful moment. I, I treasure it. It was this time of year and I can just see her and our precious son and her, you know, waiting for the boat to come down. He'd go up and race it and she'd go and catch it. And, and, you know, we probably did that for about 10 minutes. My wife was there as well. And, uh, it was the three of us and it was just one of those indelible moments that, uh, where time kind of stopped. And, you know, Melody had a way of, of making moments just kind of stop because she would be there in the moment. You know, um, she had a remarkable capacity to separate herself from the world. So many of us are carrying these burdens around of worry and rushing and feeling like we have to do so many things. And somehow she tapped into this eternal spirit of peace and comfort and was able to radiate that to others and had a calming presence at all times and had a teaching presence at all times. She was a teacher. She was a instructor. She was a inspirational force to so many around her, whether it was working in the primary in her church or teaching in her incredible Ivy League Academy, as she called it appropriately. Oh, you know, I have so many memories of going into that backyard and, and as a kid, even, you know, going over there to their house and, and then, uh, but also uh, taking my kids, you know, being able to continue that influence that she had in my life for our own children as I took them in and, uh, and dropped them off down there. And, uh, it, it just felt so good. It was great. You know, during, during COVID when uh, we did the homeschool thing, because we had to, um, you know, our daughter had, uh, she had already been in school and not in preschool anymore for a year or two. And she said, Hey, would it be okay if Avery came and just helped the other kids and just kind of worked with them? And so we had this opportunity to kind of do a repeat and, and Avery went and helped her brother and gosh, it was just amazing. You know, it was amazing. Um, I, I have this hope that, uh, that parents and, and the other people who were so lucky to have students in her in her little school and who knew her to go over to that park and have a potluck and just share some memories and share some joy. I, I hope we can do that because, you know, one of the greatest things that we can do for others and to honor them, in my opinion, is to remember them, 
to remember their legacy and to remember the good. What did they teach us? And what can we learn? And how can we become like the very best that we saw in those who left us far too soon? Friends, I don't have all the solutions, but I do know that the pathway to peace in this life, the pathway to prosperity in its truest sense, and the pathway to enriching relationships and a life that you won't look back on with regret is absolutely and without doubt through love. Hate is a closer of doors. Hate is a closer of hearts. Hate is a closer of opportunities. Hate is a closer of minds and possibilities. Love opens doors. Love opens hearts. Love opens minds. Love opens possibilities. Love opens opportunities. And love opens us up to vulnerability where we can share our best selves with others and they can share the best of them with us and we can become one through sharing the very best that we have to offer those around us. And the very best thing that we can do in any given situation is to love. And sometimes love means to distance ourselves Sometimes love means that we have to make tough decisions. But love is always the answer. And it always was for Melody. And from what I know, it was of her mom as well. And from what I hear of Mrs. Voida, it was quite similar. So if there ever was anyone more prepared to leave this life, what a blessing it was that it was someone that I know who didn't have fear and didn't have anger and didn't have regret and didn't have sorrow and wasn't caught up in worry about the things of the world, but was going to serve and was going to love as she did every day in every way and so well. And we love you and we remember you, each of you, and we will never forget we will never forget what so many have done for our community, our first responders, second responders, third responders, the thousands of people who listened in concern on scanners and those hundreds of people who called in, those people who geared up and went to help into the line of fire, those first responders who responded without armor because they were on their lunch break and ran into the line of fire, literally. Those people who had miraculous Miraculous escapes with holes through their cars and windows and were able to somehow escape this mayhem. And those counselors and those who are helping others around them and those people with loving open hearts in our community who are reaching out to others in a greater way, who are sharing their light in a greater way and who are building lives and opening their hearts to others in a way that is greater than ever before. Let us not forget but let us not remember the tragedy as much as we remember the legacy of love and the legacy of service that we felt this week as our community has come together in vigils and in church services and online and in phone calls out of concern and out of love and out of determination that we will not let this destroy our peace. 
We will not let this destroy our progress. We will not let this destroy our hope. And we will not let this dampen our faith. We will continue to grow and we will continue to be strong and we will remember what we've learned. And I hope, friends, I hope that we will love because that's the way that we change the world around us. And that's the way that she changed the world around us and changed our world. Friends, I hope to hear from you next week and see you next week and talk to you next week. Thank you for being here today. And uh, I love you. And I feel your pain. And I feel your joy. And let's celebrate uh, the goodness around us. And let's go serve while we can, where we can, and how we can. Every time we can. to Life Notes with Sheldon. Listen every week for a brand new note on life. We hope that we have given you a way to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you. You.